everyone and welcome to the Koala Club podcast, a podcast made by and for international students in Australia. I am Kevin and I am Trang and we talk about everything education, work and lifestyle for overseas students in Australia. Hello and welcome back to another episode of the Koala Club podcast. Today, Kevin won't be joining me, but instead I have a very special guest speaker here instead. Um, so we've got Annie Mai. So welcome, Annie, to our episode. Thanks, Shang. Hi, everyone. Um, I'm Annie Mai. Well, I say this every episode that I'm excited about this episode, but today I'm especially more excited because Annie is going to talk to us about her experience studying the Bachelor of Commerce Accounting at University of Sydney and her, I guess, her career paths uh, stemming from that. But not only that, but Annie is a long-term friend of mine, so we actually went to school together. So I think it was probably year seven or year eight we met. Yeah, it was. It was a long time ago. <laughs> yeah, I think it's Pretty probably... Pretty sure it's like six or seven-ish. Yeah, so that makes it about, I don't know, 14 years maybe? <laughs> <laughs> that sounds a lot. That sounds a lot now that you start counting. Yeah, yeah. We we basically went through our teenage years together <laughs> in school. <laughs> yeah, so today is the second episode in our mini-series on like the Bachelor Courses Overviews. Uh, so today, as I mentioned, we are going through the Bachelor of Commerce Accountancy. A quick intro on Annie's profile. So uh, Annie is also a chartered accountant. Uh, during her uni days, she was a board member and event organizer at the Vietnamese Dynamics Students Group in New South Wales. And she was also a president and board member of the Vietnamese International Students at the University of Sydney. In addition to that, she did her accounting internship at the University of Sydney as well. And upon graduating, Annie uh, started her career as an audit associate and then moving on to a senior associate and then a digital accelerator at PwC, which I'm sure Annie will tell us a lot more about later. And most recently, currently, Annie is working at Macquarie Group as an executive at IBOR transition program so I'm sure we'll hear more about it later because I'm very curious to know what you do yeah so I guess to start off uh, maybe start from the beginning so what Mm. led you to pick uh, this route so the Bachelor of Commerce Accounting as your course okay hi everyone Um, let me reintroduce myself Um, so my name is Annie I'm currently a data analyst at Macquarie Group um, and hopefully um, I have um, Wait, sorry. So I started out as a international student. So hopefully the story that I'm about to tell you today uh, will help you with, you know, determining your next coming career um, and your future endeavors as well. So um, the reason why I um, chose the Bachelor of Commerce was actually a little bit, it was really right. And it's just, it was just natural for me, I guess. Um, so from my point of view, almost everything kind of evolves around the business world. So for example, if you have a coffee shop on the side of the road, right, that is a business itself. Um, even the healthcare industry, I would say that still requires a management 
to run the operation smoothly and effectively, right? Because you can't just help people and um, keep making losses. Like it's just not sustainable. So um, as a kid, right, as growing up, when I was still going into high school with Trang, um, I was involved in a lot of activities. Like we've got some loss-making charity, Big Cell. Uh, and then, um, of course, I, I finished on a high note uh, with a school art auction, right? Um, on the, another note is that I love numbers and I love to understand um, how things came about and how things originate. So putting everything on the table all together is all of my interests, what I really like doing um, and the subjects that I like. I feel like commerce um, or business studies was, was just the right path for me. Um, and of course, um, I would be lying if I say that I didn't choose accountancy um, because it offers permanent residency um, because it was one of the right drivers as well. So I wanted to come to Australia to, um, I guess, have um, a second options um, for my career. So if I don't like it here, I still can go back to Vietnam um, where I came from and work. And if I really didn't like the culture in Vietnam, I still have a second pathway to go back to Australia. So altogether, it was the the degree in accounting kind of makes sense for me. Um, and yeah, it was just right and natural, I guess, for me to take that path. Yeah, cool. Well, I remember back at school, you 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 had high grades in everything, and <laughs> especially business studies. So I'm not surprised. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was just natural. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So with the course itself, so the Bachelor of Commerce at University of Sydney, what, how long was the course? And can you give us a quick overview of the course structure? Like, I guess, what mm. you did in your first year and second year and all that, and whether any there were any practical components required? On the normal um, duration, right, if you take the normal path, and it will probably take around three years. Um, I do know people who kind of do winter school and summer school as well to kind of accelerate um, and finish the course early but of course it's entirely up to you if you really want to spend um, every winter and summer um, doing another uni subjects so um, three years is the normal timeline and um, if I can recall correctly I spent around one and a half year um, the first one and a half year was mostly focusing on the core subjects um, but of course again you can kind of focus on doing all the core subjects which were about eight subjects I I recall to finish up all the core, the required subjects for the degree. But of course, I try to mix it up a little bit. So first year, I chose like two to three electives just to spice it up a little and then do the remaining in the second year. So I don't stress myself out a little bit too much. With the core subjects itself, it covered quite a range, a wide range of, in terms of knowledge-wise, you do um, accounting, you do um what was it again? So you do economies, you do statistics, um, you do two different versions of accountings, and then you do do like a, a pretty general business studies kind of subject as well. Um, and then, yeah, so that was the core stuff. And then the electives um, was, I chose my electives a little bit strategic, but also um, mix it up to be a little fun. So um, of course, I had the goal in mind to actually do a chartered accountant's um, in the come in the future. So um, the way that I chose this is that I actually went to um, I think charter accountant and look up their what was it the accredited subjects. 
um, that they accredited for the CA foundations. So it was actually pretty straightforward, right? You kind of go in, you choose um, the university that you were going to, and they, it will actually give you a whole list of um, probably eight to nine subjects that they accredited for CA foundations. And I just kind of um, play around with it and plug it into the subjects that I chose. Um, and then the rest, um, I remember I had like three um, electives less to finish my my degree and I chose marketing, which was completely um, out of the normal um, accounting side rather than, you know, doing finance courses. I chose accounting, <laughs> oh, sorry, I chose marketing. Um, of course, I love numbers, but doing a little bit too much numbers can be a little bit bored. Um, so yeah, marketing kind of spice things up where you have to do a lot of teamwork and you'd have to give a lot and a lot of presentations and you get to be creative as well. So yeah, I chose marketing as my kind of relaxed, um, meditated area. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I think um, it's it's a very, the Bachelor of Commerce, the structure, I think it doesn't, it's very similar uh, doesn't matter which uni you go to because I remember with because mm. I did the Bachelor of Commerce Accounting and I think the first year we did like the core subjects as you, as you mentioned so we did like marketing and ethics and mm. other stuff management and all that and then in the second year then you like start to do all the accounting related subjects so uh, I guess for us for our listeners that's handy to know because then you can always change your ma- major in in year two right like if you 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 picked accounting but then you realize maybe marketing's for you then you can still uh, not a u-turn but you can uh yeah (laughs) take the exit and then yeah choose another major so Mm. yeah that's why I whenever anyone talks about the bachelor of commerce I say well it's quite flexible you don't really have to pick from the beginning which is good yeah yeah Yeah. yes And were there any internships required um, as part of your course? It wasn't required. Um, For me, that was actually an option. So um, the internship came up as a subject. So you you can actually go and do an internship. Um, You work at a place where they will actually decide the place that you go to. You don't really get to pick, Mm -hmm. but... um, you can register, you go through the whole process, which is very similar to normal job applications. Um, and then they will they will basically allocate you to a workplace and you work for, I would call nine to 10 weeks um, out of the 13 weeks that you normally have. Um, and then the remaining three weeks is where you kind of sit back um, and reflect on yourself and write a report to basically say what you've done what you've learned, what skills you've gained, um, what were your insights from those um, nine to 10 weeks that you've been working. So no assessment requires. The report was the only, the only thing that they judge you on. And yeah, you get um, a little bit of experience, first-hand experience um, in the workforce as well. So mm-hmm. that was pretty good. Yeah, no exams. Um, you get accredited as long as your report passed the requirement, of course. Um, but yeah, so that was a pretty fun experience for me to basically learn about, you know, the whole job applications. And they do have some workshops along the way as well to kind of help you to build up, firstly, the cultural gap that you might have, um, for example, for us especially, right, like coming from a different, completely different culture. Um, I found that particularly helpful. Um, they show you, like, you know, the postures to be more confident, for example, when you go to interviews or when you speak to someone at work, um, those kind of stuff, which I still used 
nowadays when I go to work and whenever I have like important meetings, um, those are particularly handy tips, I have to say. Oh, wow. That's, yeah, that's really, definitely really useful that they sort of train you on that side of Mm. things. Um, So, yeah, we touched on your internship experience. So you did it at um, University of Sydney as well, right? It was a department there that you did your internship at? Yeah, yeah, they were, they had like the finance department there as well. So um, there were a couple of options, I guess. But I think as an international student, firstly, you didn't have that many options. And secondly, I guess it's also the visa status. Why? Hence why they don't actually allocate you to um, the big corporates. So um, hopefully now that things have actually got a lot better that if you were an international student, you can get allocated to um, bigger accountant firms. But when I was um, back then, which was like five, six, no, actually six or seven years ago, international students didn't have that many options. Um, So you kind of stay with the small and cozy business. Mm. Yeah, yeah, that's that's a slight shame, but you did get a lot out of that internship experience, right? Can you tell us a little bit more about sort of what you did? It was pretty, um, well, it was pretty short, right? Like nine weeks, yeah. nine to 10 weeks. When you, It sounds mm. a lot, but it was mm. actually really short. Um, but what I get out of it was firstly, I guess, um, something to elevate my resume um, going forward. So, of course, you had the work experience. I was pretty much an accountant, um, again, account payables um, when I was doing the internship. So pretty straightforward, I guess. Um, you get a little bit of exposure to the SAP system, which You've heard and you probably learn about uh, when we're doing the finance reporting subject, but you've never actually used it in real life. Um, so that was a good, like um, it gave me the exposure to use the system itself mm. um, because I've heard so much about it. Um, and of course, secondly, is that you kind of understand the working culture in Australia. I have to say it's very different um, from what you would imagine working in Vietnam, I guess. Um, thirdly is... Um, you learn about how to talk and how to negotiate um, with someone in the workplace. So those were probably the three advantages um, that Mm -hmm. I think I got out of those nine to 10 weeks. Um, Of course, it sounds long, but it was a very short and quick session. So um, it could, if it was longer, like six months, and you would have learned a lot more, but unfortunately it wasn't. Um, So yeah, Mm, yes, I would learn more and I get, more skills out of um, the extracurriculum activities that I did um, rather than the internships. So that really helped me to build uh, my resume, my stories when it comes to interview. And I'm pretty sure that that probably helped me to land the role at PwC a couple of years later as well. Mm, Yeah, well, thanks for sharing that. I think think a lot of international students do care about internships and your insight into, I guess, the practical side of it is really handy. Um, and mm. yeah, so for international students, uh, definitely go for it. Hey, we did have a, an episode on internship. So if you haven't uh, listened to that, please do. Agree. Yeah. And I guess maybe last question on the course itself. I guess what was your favorite subject or the most relevant subject that you found that's relevant to your work? Favorite, I really can't recall because it has been a while, but relevance, I definitely can't recall. <laughs> um, so with my work, um, I found financial reporting and audit unit. Those were particularly helpful. Like you can see the knowledge 
um, apply right right in front of your eyes. Um, so with especially when I was working in audit, right, like all the assertions sounds very familiar, and it's just you feel like it's you have like a competitive advantage when you first start off by knowing all the assertions, like what what they're talking about, um, the procedures <laughs> that you need to take in order to test something. The content that I learned from the audit and the financial reporting unit definitely applied in real life, and you, and it's just great. Like you, you get a head start um, when you when you start working. Mm, yeah. So students, you need to concentrate and <laughs> <laughs> take note of what you're learning at uni because you will apply that in real life. <laughs> mm. So moving on to your work experience now. So how many years have you been in the workforce? Oh, I've been in the workforce since 2017. So that's over five years now. Yeah. Yeah. So you started off at PwC. Um, so can you tell us about the various roles that you've undertaken and I guess what you've learned? And I'm, I'm jumping the gun a little bit here, but I've always wanted to hear mm. about the day, a day in the life of an auditor because I know that that was what you did. So please <laughs> do tell us about that. <laughs> yep, <laughs> definitely. <laughs> Okay, so um, I started out right after uni with PwC as an auditor. Um, so a day in a life of an auditor, there's not one day that is the same. So the first couple of years, um, the program was actually really good. So they allowed you to kind of experience different industry um, to basically test that to see which industry you're into, which one you would like to work for. Um, and so I had the opportunity to work on various um, clients, right? So my portfolio was very dynamic, I have to say. Um, I spent quite a lot of time um, working on the audit of a financial bank um, and later on found out that that's definitely not the team that I want to be in, um, personally, of course, um, just because of firstly, I guess, the hours. Um, hours are pretty tough, um, especially when it comes to year end where you have to run really tight deadlines. Uh, but I guess, Sometimes I personally found that it's really hard to actually learn something out of a tight deadlines because everyone would just be trying to crunch, trying to get it through. They don't really have time to sit down and um, kind of coach you through what's happening and why we're doing this. Hence why I kind of, okay, I want to take a, take a step back and let's try a different industry. So I went to um, SIPS, which, is stand, which stand for Consumer Industrial Productions and Services, yeah, and those were a little more, I guess, a little more niche as compared to a bank, right? Like Westpac and Macquarie, they are massive clients, but um, for a smaller, more niche client, um, you work on a smaller team firstly, and then everyone has a bit like a really close relationship with each other. Um, and of course, you get to talk directly and discuss work with a partner. And yeah, and you just had, I feel like yeah, sometimes you would have a little bit more time to actually have a conversation with someone and understanding what's going on um, and so for me that was more tangible and I guess it was just easier for someone who started off with zero kind of zero work experience to understand what is going on in the industry what is going on in the business and why things are the certain way that they they are doing yeah so during a downtime right you would go in um, you read the procedures you read through the procedures of what happened last year there's the joke that why they wanted to cross the road right because they did it last year um so you kind of really want to break out of that you kind of want to read it through what happened last year you don't want to cross the same road but um, you want to challenge the approach that they took last year right and mm -hmm. do 
um, do something that is probably more efficient and more appropriate to, um, to validate what you're testing. And so you kind of go through it. Um, and then of course you challenge it, you discuss it with your managers and it's like, hey, I don't think that this is right. Or is there, this is a better way I think that we could do, um, that we could do the test. And so, yeah, and then we actually do the testing by um, getting the samples, doing the initial reconciliation to ensure that it is complete. Um, then you pick your samples and then you would go and annoy um, your clients with all of your requests. <laughs> uh, when I say annoy, uh, don't do it deliberately, um, of course. But um, but yeah, so I guess it was a really good three years of my career um, because apart from the technical knowledge, I learned so much, I have to say so much about soft skills, about managing all of the stakeholders around me. So that includes uh, the managers, the partners, and also your client as well, because um, you have to manage your client because the thing about their work, they have a normal workload, right? And then now you're adding on top of that workload, um, which basically giving more, <laughs> giving them more work. So um, you have to basically kind of manage them and sometimes butter them up and of course, you know, make them happy so that they give you the things that you need on time. Of course, be understanding and um, empathy, give them a little bit of empathy as well. Um, yeah, well, but then again, uh, right? Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm on the other side. So I'm the client side. <laughs> and I definitely know what you mean when you say you're annoying the clients. Because <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, so many questions. But I guess that's that's the, your role. Like that's your job. You need to yeah. be assured that everything is complete and accurate and all that. And I guess it's our job as <laughs> on the client side to like satisfy that. And mm. I, I think the the relationship between the client and the audit is the auditor is like a love hate relationship because you sort of want to be on the same side, but you're not mm. really on the same side. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, so it's all about managing expectations and managing mm. relationships. Like if you build a really good relationship with the client, um, you you get there, like mm. we'll all get there. Mm. So that's one. Second one is um, managing your managers and partners. So, of course, you have to build a good relationship with them, right? You have to set expectations and also getting them to review and do their work on time as well. That is an also important bit, right? You don't want to do something and then, leave it for like two months untouched. And then when a manager has come and have a look at them and basically you yourself have not even forgotten about what you did. So it's all about managing um, whoever's reviewing your work, like get them to do it on time, on a timely manner. And then of course that will save a lot of troubles of you revising and redoing the work um, mm. in the future as well. Yeah. And so then, yeah. And then you got promoted into a senior associate role. And then I assume that mm. that means that you you manage more staff and that's more more stakeholders yeah. for you, right? Yep, you manage those above you, those below you, and yeah. um, you manage your clients as well. So yep. that was um, being a senior is definitely a lot more work. So you have to set aside some time to actually coach your juniors as well. So now it's like you have your work to do, you have someone to report it, and now you have to coach someone. Um, through that as well and of course maybe you even have to review what the mm. junior did as well so a lot more to do with time management and also relationship management right because you have to get um, a two-way actually sorry three-way relationship that works mm. so yeah um, and then um, luckily I actually got 
a lot of different opportunities that came up when I was a senior because when you get to senior, you are a little more technical capable. Um, and I got offered, um, actually applied and offered um, a digital accelerator role. So what that is, is that you kind of go, you kind of go away, right? You get some very intensive training on uh, cool tools that kind of automate all the calculations and creating dashboard. So that is, uh, for example, Oshix and Power BI. And of course, mm-hmm. if you go a little more advanced, you get to um, learn about how AI and robotic works. Um, but for me, it kind of mostly, I spent a lot of time with Oshix and Power BI because those two were the two things that were really easy to learn and also easy mm-hmm. to apply. Um, and once you kind of master your um, your skills in Oshix and Power BI, then you go back and you um, go to the order teams that need help. Um, and then you kind of coach them and build like a report or a workflow for them to use. So I knew that, I knew that um, for example, lease accounting, that change um, just like yep. three or four years yep. ago, right? Yep. Yep. I was 16. <laughs> yep. Um, so the whole recalculation wasn't that uh-huh. one. Um, mm-hmm. So of course, Autrix kind of helped a lot of teams. I know that some kind of save like a week worth of work or two yeah. weeks worth of work if um, if you can actually automate the calculations. And yeah, so that really helped with the whole, um, you know, audit procedures. It saves so much time um, with the team and it's, you save you are, you were able to save up some time here um, to actually concentrate and do more important stuff, right? And mm-hmm. also getting, giving yourself some downtime as well. Yeah, so in that role, you're sort of servicing your colleagues, right? Rather than clients. Yeah, so um, it was a lot more towards the colleagues because, of course, in in order to service your clients, you kind Mm. of have to go through um, an an independent pathway and it's a little more complicated. So it was was mostly focusing on servicing the, uh, yeah, our colleagues. But I did have an opportunity to work with the data assurance team. Um, So they do a lot of reporting for, for the clients so that's a that's a completely different stream that's not what it um and yeah that's that's the business that can actually help out the clients to build like a workflow or a report mm, right right okay so i th- i guess what i take from your um what your story about working at pwc and then starting off as an auditor is that you get such a good insight into different industries and then you sort of know what industry you want to head towards or what you want to avoid Mm. and you learn about so many like businesses and the way they work and you know it inside out so I think that's a very common path that a lot of I guess accounting graduates take is they go into public practice so go into a, a public practice firm like PwC or one of the big, big, big four and then they mm. jump out into commercial which is what you've done so your next role and mm. where you're at now is you're at, at Macquarie Group so can you please tell us about what your role there is like and mm. I guess what the difference is now versus back then at PwC difference massive difference I have to say uh, firstly uh, okay so let me start off with what I'm doing at the moment so mm-hmm. I am doing um, two roles of a query at the moment. Um, first one is focusing on the eyeball transitions. So if anyone is familiar with um, the financial market, so um, you would have heard of the rate LIBOR. So that is the underlying rate that determines your interest rate. Uh-huh. Um, yep. So a couple of 
So during the GFC, I believe 2008, um, what happened was that banks were actually manipulating the LIBOR rates, mm-hmm. hence um, you have the financial crisis. And so what they they have decided to do um, two, three years ago was that uh, they're going to scrap LIBOR rate and in, instead they're going to have a, um, a rate called alternative reference rate. Um, this is determined, no, I, I don't think I should be saying this, I might be saying it wrong. So, um, so <laughs> I'm not a technical person. So, okay, let's stick with um, alternative reference rate. Yeah, um, okay. So it is short for ARR. Um, mm-hmm. It is actually not determined by the bank, but determined by the transactions that happen overnight. Um, so basically a lot of products, right, they are referencing um, LIBOR rate will actually need to change. They will need to change to AR. And of course, there's a lot of risk that associating with, you know, changing such a key metric within the contract itself. So um, what I do on a pretty much a monthly basis is that I do checks um, to see what contracts are actually outstanding, why are they outstanding, and what kind of remediations um, does the business have in place for those contracts? Um, and then, of course, I also checked on the compli- compliance side that, you know, they shouldn't be entering in- into any new contract using the old rates because, of course, we're going to have compliance issues going forward. And so that's what I do on a monthly basis, doing like reports to ASIC, APRA, and also to internal use, uh, internal management use as well. And how I landed the role was basically because I had these skills um, with Autrix and Power BI. Um, and so they needed someone to be able to operate the tools. And going through um, the job description, I took every single box that they, had, they needed. Um, so yeah, so hence why I was able to land a role um, in the investment bank, which um, I kind of dodged the investment, uh, the financial service industry a while ago when I was doing yeah. audit um but yeah yeah that came around um but I was doing something else not you know not financial statement yeah yeah it, it does seem very well non-traditional like your role right it's it's mm. it's not what you think when you think of an accounting graduate or a finance graduate but it's it's definitely a bit out out of the box but that that makes mm. That's why the accounting major is is so endless. Like this, it's unlimited. Yeah. All the possibilities you can take with your career, and I loved hearing about like your career and how you jumped from different roles and doing different things that y- you wouldn't really expect a traditional accountant to do. Which is, I guess, the whole, that's why the there's talk about like how the whole industry is changing and how there won't be any more like traditional accounting roles and how like machine learning and AI and that can can take over all those traditional roles and for us to advance into newer roles like what you're doing now. Yeah. So to me, right, accounting accountancy kind of it was a really good foundation um because it helped me to get into the role with PwC, right? And my my years experience um at PwC, it was a really good stepping stone for me mm. because there were so many different aspects um, of accounting of accounting works there right you have um, you can do like audit you can do financial advisory um, or you can help clients with complex transactions there are so many different aspects of um, rather than traditional accounting um, normally people think of accounting and people kind of think of bookkeeping right which mm. is of course it's it's a pretty um, relaxed and mundane job but there are so many different aspects um, that 
I had um, at PFUC. And of course, you kind of go in, um, of course, keep an open mind um, and explore all the possibilities um, that the firm had to offer. Mm, yeah. So obviously, I can, I can imagine the process of applying into PwC and Macquarie were quite lengthy and competitive because I guess mm. they're the big names. Everyone wants to get into those businesses. Yeah. So do you have any tips for job seekers wanting to apply into these big companies? Of course. Probably uh, to go into details, that will probably take a, another uh, a different sessions. Um, <laughs> but my, my tips, I guess, um, is to build, really build your resume, right? Don't lie on your resume because people do go in and people try to detect whether you're lying about it or not. Um, but for me personally, I build a story and I tell the story the way that people want to hear it. Mm. Internships, of course, whenever someone thinks about it, they kind of expect a paid internship rather than unpaid. But to me, I would say, think of internship as an investment that you do to elevate your resume. Because whatever you've learned, what soft skill, hard skill that you learn from there, um, you can actually use it to tell your stories, to show people that you are the right candidate for them. Mm, yeah, so really tailoring it to whichever job yeah. you're applying to. Yeah. yeah. And then, yeah, having those big um, big points in your resume, as, as I know you did a lot back, back, at, back at uni. So I guess uh, to summarize, what were, I guess, the, some of the highlights of your career and some of the struggles? Because obviously, obviously on LinkedIn and all that, we all <laughs> see like everyone's yep. highlights, um, mm. but obviously no, no one goes and, and gets success without the struggles behind the scenes. So why don't you tell us a little bit about that? Mm. So let's start with the highlights first. So highlight was that I feel like my career has been pretty smooth. Um, so far so of course there's a lot there are the struggles as well which i will talk about mm-hmm. in a bit highlight is that i had um i've met with so many great peoples um i had so much learning opportunities um and the work that i do it was never repetitive um so it was always very dynamic whenever i found that it begins to get repetitive i raise my voice right away and i'll be like hey uh, this is something that i want to try it out and people were very encouraging very open with actually offering you with new opportunities um, and new learning opportunities. So um, that was actually, I guess, the biggest highlight. And mm-hmm. I've learned so much in terms of technical and soft skill um, coming out of, you know, a simple traditional accounting job. Um, with struggles, right, there's definitely a lot. Um, I guess the first one I've mentioned is about the cultural aspects. Um, so, you know, you as a Asian um, growing growing up in an Asian family I guess you're always taught to be um, work hard and stay humble mm. but that's not uh, you know that's not always a correct mindset to be in I guess um, so initially when I started out, um, I was asked to write a self-assessment um, of my first six months and the feedback that I get from my manager was that this is too humble like you don't, you can't be that humble. Um, and I guess the fact that we're Asian mm. is one. The second one is that we're we're women too. Yeah, those two combined make us like double conservative. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, Agree. So you can. So yeah. So those two just kind of make it extra competitive, right? And the tips that I get from my manager, he gave me that feedback was that think and write like a white dude. 
Like that's literally what she said, <laughs> right? And and I took that. I always recall that phrase every time I write a self assessment. Now I'll be like, okay, gotta think it right, like a white dude, because um, I feel like we've always. <laughs> Uh, we've always underestimate the work that we do, the effort that we put in. Mm-hmm. Um, and of course, a lot of the times um, you might think that the things that you do are so minimal, so tiny in impact. But in fact, when you write about it, um, people actually, re- people really highly regard um, the work that you've done, the effort that you've put in. So that's something that I've learned. And that is my biggest takeaway so far, I have to say, mm-hmm. um, that you need to learn to speak up to the work that you've done, to the effort that you've put in. Um, and then, of course, second challenge is, I guess, managing expectations. And, of course, you, again, um, from an Asian culture, I guess, you always have to say yes, um, especially when um, when your boss asks you to do something, right, which you then end up overworking yourself, which is not good. Now that what I've learned is that actually, you can manage all of that. Um, what you can do is actually tell them, okay, this is my work plan at the moment. Um, and these are my commitments so far. Like these are non-negotiables. Um, can we come up with a plan to tackle it? Or should I prioritize the work that you're saying now and do uh, the tasks that I, I have on my list later on? So that is something that I started to learn, to learn to kind of negotiate this um, the workload so that you don't end up overworking yourself. You don't commit it too much. Um, And then, of course, letting um, everyone around you down. Mm, Yeah. No, thank you for sharing that. I think (laughs) I I definitely (laughs) that was that was helpful for me to 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 take away some of (laughs) what what you've you've said. So, Mm -hmm. um, I guess the last question: Where do you see yourself in five years? Oh wow, that's that's this is like typical interview question. I know. I, 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 really, I was like, oh, this is like an interview. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I honestly, I don't know yet. I am still, um, you know, trying out all the opportunities that are given to me at the moment. Of course, I would like to um, progress my career, um, become managers um, in the next coming years. But um, of course, in which field, I'm still trying it out. I'm still learning. Um, right now, I am... Um, trying to recycle my data skills but also learning more about the financial products that um, that Macquarie group had and of course um, maybe next year when you speak to me again I won't be doing this this role the same role I'll be doing something else so I'm still trying out still trying to figure out what I really like what I really enjoy um, I kind of found a piece of it which is I really enjoy doing data analytics and um, doing the work um, around Autrix and Power BI but exactly what I'll be doing I'm still trying to figure it out so take all saying yes to all learning opportunities that you have uh, you never know right like um, you always have there's always something around the corner that you can take mm, for sure and yeah I, I do hope you're doing something different in a year's time because we'd love to interview you again and hear about what you've done in the past year and hopefully in five years time <laughs> yeah yeah so yeah I I love hearing your stories today because it really shows our listeners the endless possibilities and the different roads Mm. that you can take with an accounting major and not all students would have that clear idea when they're they're picking this major and that's okay because you will figure it out as you go along and even 
years down the track when you're in the workforce like you are you still want to try out different things and see what really suits and yeah I guess new things are always coming up with especially now with technology um with all the advances in technology like you don't there there's probably work out there that no one knows about yet that we are yet to uh, discover and try out so yeah so thank you so much for joining us on our episode today it was so interesting to hear about your story and yeah just to see what what you what you've achieved in those years and I loved catching up with you so thank you so much for joining us Thanks, Shang, um, for giving me this opportunity. It was my pleasure to actually share uh, my story with all the listeners. And hopefully, um, you know, yeah, listeners out there, you guys can take, you can have some takeaways um, from all my experience, um, the struggle that I had, and also the highlights that I had. Um, and hopefully it will help you with um, your career and all your future endeavors. Great. Thank you. I'm sure they did. All right. Thanks, guys, for listening. And if you've enjoyed this episode, please do tell your friends about it. And if you haven't already followed us on Instagram or Facebook, please do at the Koala Club podcast. Thank you. Bye.